morning, Collective Church. I'm just sending so much love to you all this morning. I've just loved being able to start gathering in homes the way we, we did from last week, uh, just to be together today. So I'm really trusting that this morning is going to be a very, very special morning of us gathering. Um, I've just loved this last season, um, the messages that have been coming through of, of revival, of awakening, of um, Kirsty's message last week about houses that change the world. And central in that theme is the Holy Spirit that starts a fire within us that um, just takes over. And, you know, we are in a very, very strange season at the moment. There's so much that's changing. There's so much uncertainty uh, for all of us and for the whole world, actually. There's just so many moving parts and, and, and uncertainty. And, but in that space, there is a huge anticipation in our hearts. Uh, I'm sure you can feel it. The Holy Spirit, there's like this bubbling up, this rising tide of what the Holy Spirit is doing. And although some things look dead, uh, although some things look like well, impossible, uh, there's this deep sense of it's going to be good. There, it's like these birth pains. And on the other side of these birth pains, there's going to be new life. Uh, and it's going to be beautiful and it's going to be good. And you know, the other morning I was walking with Kirsty and we were talking about this, all of these things and the uncertainty and that, you know, when there's, when there's uh, things that are moving and uh, change that needs to happen, there's a momentum that can take you down different paths. And I just said to her, there's, this is no time for us to birth an Ishmael. And as I said that, it was like she stopped and she's like, wow. And as I said it, it was almost like there was something really on that for the season. Um, because... There are promises that the Lord has for you, for your life, for us as a community, for our city, for our nation. Um, and when things are in flux, when things are changing, uh, there is the real um, temptation, when things, especially when things are looking impossible, to birth an Ishmael. Like for Abraham, he had this promise from God that you know, he was going to have the, the offspring that couldn't be counted, couldn't be numbered, yet he didn't even have one child. And so in that impossible situation, uh, he makes a man-made plan. And this isn't the opportunity, or not the opportunity, this isn't the time for us to come up with a man-made plan to just take the gap because it looks like this could be the promise of the Lord. And so we go with it and make it happen. No, this is the time for us to, to hear what the Holy Spirit is, to surrender to the Holy Spirit and to hear what he's saying and for him to spark things in us. Because when he ignites, when he conceives, when he gives birth to something, uh, by the Spirit, like with Isaac, um, it is the true promise of God. And so I wanted to call this message this morning Unstoppable Fire, because he's starting something that is not going to be able to be stopped. And over the last week or so, I just haven't been able to get that song out of my head. I just keep singing it. It's that, I think it's by United Pursuit, that says, set a fire down deep in my, in my heart that can't be contained and can't be controlled. Um, and I'm just, I'm hoping at the end of this that we can sing that together as a community and that he's going to start something and he's going to ignite something in our hearts that's going to feel like we can't contain it and that we can't control you know, the Holy Spirit starts a fire, and that language is obviously figurative. Although there are sometimes, um, you know, people have experienced almost like the very 
fire of God upon them with heat. I mean, in Azusa Street, we hear stories of like the building, like the flames coming from the building. So there are some times where it's very um, natural and not as uh, figurative. Um, but we see the power of fire in the world, right? It's, it's a, that's the point. There's, there's such power in fire. Even as I speak now, our friends in, uh, in California, in Reading, are experiencing wildfires again breaking out. And the last time I checked, I think 55,000 acres had already been um, impacted by this, by this fire. In that sense of the word, it's a very, uh, it's not a positive thing, it's a very destructive thing. But the Lord uses uh, that image in Scripture to describe the power, because we see it, when you experience fire like that, one-to-one uh, -one in the flesh, you see the power, and that's what he's trying to use that example, is that when he consumes us, it's as powerful than that, but in a very good way, because he is our loving father, and he, uh, he, wants, to, he wants to overshadow us in such a powerful way. And friends, I don't want to be, uh, live a life that is just tied up with a bow, that's all safe. Because that's even a, it's a figment of your imagination. When you think you're safe and you're protected and you're controlled, you really aren't. And I think everybody's getting to experience that at the moment. But I want to live a life that is inspired by the Holy Spirit, that is sparked by the Holy Spirit. And where we are completely consumed by Him. And we have reason to be consumed by Him. He has saved us. He has united us with Him. Uh, the, the bridegroom has welcomed us his bride and has consumed us and um, I love as you know I love Song of Songs and I wanted to read from Song of Songs 8 verse 1 to his bride that has been um, that has been saved he says who is this one look at her now she rises out of her desert clinging to her beloved when I awakened you under the apple tree as you were feasting upon me I awakened your innermost being with the travail of birth as you longed for more of me. We've been awoken, but we're being uh, fanned to flame at the moment. And this is a, these birth pains that we're going through at the moment. He says, fasten me upon your heart as a seal of fire forevermore. This living, consuming flame will seal you as my prisoner of love. My passion is stronger than the chains of death and the grave, all-consuming as the very flashes of fire from the burning heart of God, right from His heart, friends. Place this fierce, unrelenting fire over your entire being. Rivers of pain and persecution will never extinguish the flame. Endless floods will be unable to quench this raging fire that burns within you. Everything will be consumed. It will stop at nothing. As you yield everything to this furious fire until it won't even seem to you like a sacrifice anymore. Friends, this is time to yield everything of ourselves to, to the Father. In Romans 8, we read verse 1. It says, Beloved friends, what should our proper response be to God's marvelous mercies, this marvelous mercy, this grace of salvation? He says, I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God, to be His sacred, living sacrifices. 
And Song of Songs talks about as we do that, it, it becomes to a point where it doesn't even feel like a sacrifice anymore because we fall so in love with, with our, our king, with our, with our groom. And Kirsty spoke last week. She read that quote from Adam Cox about us being a family fully surrendered to the Holy Spirit. Friends, the, the Holy Spirit starts a fire inside of us. And it then takes us to fully surrender it in order for that fire to become an unstoppable fire. You know, when the Holy Spirit starts a fire, um, like we read in, in Acts 5, um, you know, Peter and uh, John have just healed the, the cripple at the, ga- uh, the beautiful gate. Uh, they get persecuted. And there's this major uproar. Um, you know, because of that, 2,000 people get added to the 3,000 that have already been saved. Um, there's just a massive uh, uproar in, in Jerusalem. And uh, in, in Acts 5, we read like the, the high priest's response. You know, I think the high priest Gamaliel, um, he, he addresses the, the council and he says, guys, for if this is a plan, sorry, for if this plan or undertaking originates from men, it will fade away and it will come to nothing. But if it is a movement of God, you won't be able to stop it. And you might discover that you are fighting God all along. Friends, this is the, the, the moment for us to realize that the Ishmael will be something that will fade off and will, will die if we birth an Ishmael in this moment. But if it is of God, if it is of Holy Spirit birthed and conceived, it will be unstoppable. And so I wanted to get, look at it very practical, uh, from a very practical point of view. Uh, if we read in, in Acts 3, as I said, we, we see um, Peter and John at the gate beautiful. And they're going about their business like they have. They go uh, to prayer in the temple at three. They've done it many times. They've probably passed this cripple many times. But just in this moment, the Holy Spirit births a, uh, an opportunity. The Holy Spirit opens their eyes and they turn their attention to this guy. He's almost surprised. And the, the Holy Spirit has something for them there in that very moment, in that everyday moment. It's not reserved just for, for meetings, friends. In that everyday moment, we hear from the Holy Spirit, and he opens our eyes. In that moment, this, the, uh, Peter reaches out, grabs him. There's no fireworks yet. Grabs him by the hand, pulls him to his feet. And in the Passion, it says, suddenly power enters the man's ankles, and he is healed immediately. But it takes that, that hearing the Holy Spirit, it takes the practical application of faith. And in that moment, uh, there, there is an encounter that this cripple has with the Lord that heals him forever. And friends, it's in those everyday moments that the Holy Spirit has these, almost these trap doors that we would fall through. Uh, not just in the church meeting, but in the everyday, as we're in our, about our, our business, as we're at, with our families, as we're at the shops, as we're at work. Um, there's these trapdoor moments that the Holy Spirit wants to take us through if we would have eyes to hear, uh, see, and ears to hear. And so our lives are these gateways 
that the Lord, the King of glory, wants to come through, through our lives, through our everyday lives. Um, it's not just these fire moments that we get to experience. Those moments translate into these, um, these everyday moments, these gateway, these trap doors, where we become the gateway for the King of glory to come and to, um, to encounter the world around us. I want to read Psalm uh, 24, verse 7. It says, So wake up, you living gateways. That's you, that's me. Lift up your heads, you ageless doors of destiny. Welcome the King of glory, for he is about to come through you. Friends, he's about to come through you. And so while we have these, these meetings that can be wild and uh, full of Holy, Spir uh, Holy Spirit fire, they need to translate from that into the practical where we go about and we bring life to our, to our businesses, to our families. Um, I think for me, such a brilliant example of that is the Quakers. You know, the Quakers were uh, in the, the mid-1600s in Great Britain. Uh, I don't know if you've read of them. I'm sure many of you have heard of them before. But um, they were, um, they were, their message was that, contrary to the, the, the time and what was being taught at the time, their message was that um, Christ himself has come to teach his people, right? And through the Holy Spirit, he was come to teach us. And they, they, they had such incredible encounters with the Holy Spirit, where that's where their name Quakers came from, that they would quake. They would literally be these shaking um, experiences. And um, friends, my point with that is that the Holy Spirit encounters, encounters us in our gatherings, in our, in our worship, as we preach, as we uh, dig into the Word together, as we worship and we pray. And He comes upon us. And um, you know, even now, as I sit here, I feel like there's a, there's a tangible presence of the Holy Spirit upon us, upon me at least. And He, he takes these these encounters with him yet then they get translated into everyday life um, the Quakers were known not just for being these weird religious people that shook they were people that impacted and changed society um, I'm sure you've heard of you know companies like Roundtree and Cadbury's uh, that were established by them over that time they they established and founded banks and financial institutions like Barclays like Lloyd's um, they were integral in the, the start of the abolishing, abolishment of slavery um, and created many, many social justice projects. And, you know, out of the Quaker movement, in, and then in the mid-1700s, John Wesley comes onto the scene. And I wanted to read a, a little excerpt from, uh, from a, a something that we've read recently about John Wesley's ministry. It says, And then on a wider scale, the Spirit performed the same type of work on New Year's Day in 1739. It was approximately three in the morning, and John and Charles Wesley were in prayer with about 60 other men. Wesley wrote that the power of God came mightily upon us in so much that many cried out for exceeding joy and many fell to the ground goes on to say, even Wesley himself had experienced 
similar emotion and physical expression. One particular morning, he found himself in solitude when he had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Wesley tried to put this experience into words by writing down in his journal, The love of God was shed abroad in my heart, and a flame kindled there, with pain so violent, yet so very ravishing that my body was almost torn asunder. I loved. The Spirit cried strong in my heart. I sweated, I trembled, I fainted, I sung. I joined my vo voice with those that excel in strength. Friends, those incredible, ecstatic, overcoming moments birth beautiful things into the world. They don't remain there. Um, and friends, even now as I speak, I believe that the Father is going to stir up such a fire in your heart that the Holy Spirit comes upon you right now and that you feel Him anointing you and feel Him lighting something deep down inside of you because He's got things that He wants you to do in this world, in your families, in your businesses. You know, out of that scene, um, you've heard of Arthur Guinness, the, the founder of, of uh, the, the Guinness Beer Brewery. He was one of the, the men that, were, that was in, uh, in Wesley's uh, meetings. And so Wesley's in town and Arthur Guinness comes and attends one of his meetings and many, I think. Um, I want to I read this. It says, we do not exactly know what Wesley preached, but we can know a few things. Wesley would have called the congregation of St. Patrick's to God, of course, but he would have also had a special message for men like Guinness. It was something he taught wherever he went. Earn all you can, save all you can, give all you can. Friends, do you hear from these, ex these incredible experiences that the, he had with the Holy Spirit, it translates into very practical things. He said to them, your wealth is evidence of a calling from God, so use your abundance for the good of mankind. It says, on this Sunday and on other occasions when he heard Wesley speak, Arthur Guinness got the message. He also got to work. Inspired by Wesley's charge, Guinness poured himself into the founding of the first Sunday schools in Ireland. He gave vast amounts of money to the poor, sat on the board of a hospital designed to serve the needy, and bravely challenged the material excesses of his own social class. He was nearly a one-man army of reform. Do you see how this practical, uh, this encounters with the Holy Spirit turns into a very practical application where this one man, it says, was nearly a one-man army of reform. And if you want to do yourselves a favor, get this book. It's called The, the Search for God and Guinness. And it, it's the, the life of Guinness and the impact that he has on society. Friends, you think like working for Google or those type of companies these days with all these benefits and they look after their staff and this and that way. When you read this book and you hear what they did for their society, establishing, um, uh, not in the society, establishing hospitals, giving free health care, um, just this, the, the, the benefits for the, the guys that worked in the brewery um, are unparalleled even today. Uh, in terms of uh, uh, bosses and companies looking after their, their employees. Friends, this, this fire of God that gets birthed in us translates to the world around us being changed and, and impacted. 
And so I want to trust that even in today's meeting, the fire of God gets poured out so strongly upon you that you would take this, um, these experiences as John Wesley did and that you would speak that message out into your life. Speak that message out into your family. Speak it out into your businesses. And that as you do that, the Holy Spirit will conceive things. The Holy Spirit will open your eyes to things. And that the, you would have these trapdoor um, God encounters that would just take you and the people around you into wonderful experiences that the Father has for you. Where he would breathe life into your, into your families, into your businesses, into your very physical bodies that you would be healed as well. And so friend, I wanted to finish just by reading one um, last extract from the Quakers. It said, early Quakerism tolerated boisterous behavior that challenged conventional etiquette because of the Holy Spirit pouring out in their, in their meetings. But by 1700, they no longer supported disrupted and unruly behavior. During the 18th century, Quakers entered into the, into the quietest period in the history of their church, become more inward-looking, spiritually less active in converting others. Marrying outside the society was outlawed, and numbers dwindled. So while the Holy Spirit can start something that cannot be stopped, us not surrendering to him can actually stop it. And so, friends, this is a moment for us just to lift our hands, to lift our hearts, to present ourselves before the Father who looks at us as perfect and flawless in his sight. We come as sons and daughters and we just surrender. Let's not guard our hearts with the disappointment of the season. Let's not guard our hearts and harden our hearts with uh, disappointment about things that are not happening or uh, things that are going down at the moment. This is a moment for us to surrender to him. Because as I said before, when you match surrender and the spark of the Holy Spirit, something amazing happens. Friends, bless you. Enjoy the time of worship together and we will see you soon. Thank you.